wisdom rise. Ancestors surround us. Rise. Welcome to Advancing the Art of Aging. I'm Carol Silver Elliott, President and CEO of the Jewish Home Family, a continuum of services for older adults located in northern New Jersey. And my guest today is one of my favorite people, Dana Tamburini Padilla, who is an architect with Perkins Eastman and has been working with us for, oh my gosh, it feels like a long time, because I think it is a long time, on our Second Century Project, our new Center for Rehabilitation Excellence, and will also be helping us as we transform our long-term care experience at the Jewish Home Family. So Dana, welcome. Thanks, Carol. Yeah, I think it's been quick math in my head. It's been at least six years. Yeah, I would say. Maybe seven or eight. I don't know. Well, it can't I, be that long. I've only been no? here seven years. Okay, so, it's so gotta then it's got to be, gotta, gotta be it's six. It's got to be six. I'm trying to count based on the kids, yes, you know, yes. and... Yes, we've we've uh, actually known you through several children being uh, brought into the world. Brought into the world. Yeah, we followed their progress. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. That's great. So, Dana, tell me a little bit about your background and how you ended up working for Perkins Eastman. So, funny story. Um, not really. I uh, while I was in high school. I decided um, I had I had this one day where I had to pick someone to go visit, um, and it was a day off of school. We were supposed to be we were supposed to be in school, but we got a free pass to go to somebody's office and do something for a day, um, and we didn't even have to write a report about it or anything like that. We just had to go and like observe and do whatever it was that you know follow them around for the day, and so. Um, my dad at, was at the time the head of the emergency department, um, in our town and he was working with an architect, um, to get a new, um, station, a new ambulance station built. And so he said, Hey, well, would you want to go follow Dennis around? And I said, sure, I'll go follow Dennis around. Uh, Who's Dennis? Um, but so I, I, he set up the appointment and I went out. It was a Tuesday afternoon and I went and I spent the afternoon and they just kept throwing things at me to do. I had to do a code study. I had to clean out the library. I had to do handwriting. It was handwriting um, with pencil on mylar and all. And they were showing me, well, this is architectural lettering. You know, I didn't know anything about it. I think I was a sophomore in high school at the time. I was very young. Um, and at the end of the day, they said, do you want a job? And I said, sure. <laughs> I don't, am I allowed to have a job at an architect's office? And they said, yeah, sure. So um, I actually started that spring um, working in an architect's office every afternoon um, for the rest of that school year. I worked there every summer after that up until uh, my – after my sophomore year in college. So I decided, okay, they tr- tried to convince me otherwise. They really tried to convince me you don't want to be an architect. And I was not, I was having so much fun. Um, I was designing art studios and working on um, firehouses and police stations. And it was, it was so much fun. Um, and so I 
went to college to become an architect. I went to Catholic University here in Washington, or not here in Washington, down in Washington, D.C. Um, and I, but I would come home during the summers and I continued to work for them those first two summers afterwards. But I decided at that point that I needed to try something different. And uh, at that point, again, my dad had a connection with someone at Perkins Eastman because um, he at that point was a town council person. He had graduated from being in the in the emergency squad and had become a town council person. And they were looking at a master planning exercise for the town. So I went from there um, and I, I went downtown uh, to New York City and interviewed for this architecture firm, Perkins Eastman. Again, didn't really know anything about them at the time. Um, and the gentleman who I interviewed with said, well, you know, it seems like, you know, you've got a good head on your shoulders and that you have more experience than most of the other interns coming in at this point. So, you know, sure, we'll give you the job. And so that was Perkins Eastman in the early 2000s. Um, I worked for them for about two summers and then I said, well, is this, you know, I've been doing this now for, oh, you know, almost six years at this point. Um, is this really the path I want to take in architecture? Because um, I also have a very strong um, desire to be, to be giving back to my community. And so I took a short break um, as I finished up school. And instead of going to work full time for Perkins Eastman or any other architecture firm, I decided that I was going to do um, a, a two-year volunteer program. And so I moved to Chicago and I developed affordable housing for two years, working for a developer. Um, as my term there came to an end, I said, I don't want to be a developer. I don't want to work on this side of things. And I, I wanted to go back to being an architect. And so I called up my friends at Perkins Eastman, and I've been there ever since. So that has been 16 years at this point that I've been with, with PE, um, and almost all of it has been spent doing senior living. Um, there is something about our clients um, and the people that we are designing spaces for that is unlike any other area within architecture. Um, I mean, I have certainly worked on plenty of schools, plenty of hotels, law offices, you know, you name it. And I have worked on projects in those sectors. However, it's not the same. It's there is, you know, a palpable sense of satisfaction that you can get when you design a space f well for a senior. Um, and whether it's, you know, being able to interact with that person or their family members or whomever it is um, that's helping to care for them, there's joy that I get out of what I do every day. That beautifully said. I think one of the things that has so impressed me as we move forward with our new building and we're, you know, it's the Center for Rehabilitation Excellence and the residential building and I've been touring people like constantly. Yesterday alone, I did three full tours of the building, which has been so gratifying. But almost everyone, if not everyone, 
people say to me, wow, you know, you thought of everything. You thought of everything. Well, a lot of that has to do with the work we've done with you because it's we knew what we needed, but you have also helped to see helped us to see things in a different light. Well, thanks. And that's I think that's part of the process that has been so meaningful that, you know, you're not just looking at things from the standpoint of how does this functionally work and how do the pieces fit together, but it's really how does this work for people? Well, and and there are lots of different people in this building that need to be able to touch so many different things. And so how do we make it functional for all of them? You know, whether it's the dining room space, you know, and, and where your um, kitchen and uh, dining services people are standing and able to interact with people to how you're your nurses and your other staff that are coming into the resident rooms to care for people, how are they either interacting with them or staying hidden and out of their way and allowing the your resident to live in that space um, unabs- you know, unhindered by the daily meetings and goings of all of that um, laundry and all, all of that, that, all of that craziness. The behind the scenes yeah. stuff. You know, 16 years at largely working in senior housing at PE, one of the things that has to have been, I would think, influential in your thinking has been the transformation in long-term care, the real shift from sort of that, yep, we're providing housing to, no, we're providing home. Absolutely. How has that impacted your work? So at that first architecture job, um, up here in, in New Jersey, cause I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I did work on a nursing home project. Um, and it was awful. It was the sort of nursing home that you don't want to imagine. You know, you walk in the front door and the smells and the sounds and the sights that you're seeing, it's, it is a warehouse for, you know, the aged and it is not a pleasant place to be. And so going to PE and starting to learn about what these spaces really can be and can become was a totally different experience. And I think it's that difference that really is kind of that that's where some of that joy is. But I think the other part of that question, um, it is still a struggle um, with every single client um, and every single nurse and staff person to get folks to really wrap their heads around where this industry needs to go um, in order to provide the best care and the best um, you know experience for our elders. So I don't know that it's just, you know, the change over 16 years, I feel like every time we start a new project, we're starting over at ground ground zero with that new client. Um, there are not very many that are as forward thinking as you are, Carol, and, you know, understand that if, if we haven't already done this, then we're behind the eight ball. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know that it's 16 years, like I said, but yeah, it's... Yeah. But the world has definitely changed. And, you know, 
it's not, you're right, the buildings are only a support for what goes on inside of them. You know, I've done a lot of speaking at a lot of conferences these past years, and it's interesting to me that some people are still seeing it as sort of the way it's always been, and other people are understanding that it can't be the way it's always been. You know, I often think about um, one of our former board members, um, Carl Epstein, who passed away. You knew him because he was Carl. with us at yeah. the beginning of this project. And Carl would say about the, the Jewish home at Rockley, we built this building for ourselves. And sure enough, his last days were spent in this building. So if you take a step back and you say, well, if I were building this building for myself, what would it look like? It wouldn't look like the nursing home of old. It wouldn't look like a place that is a long medical model, um, a long hallway medical model. It wouldn't look like that. We, you know, we are learning so much more about preserving independence, of preserving cognitive and functional abilities. And you're right, the architecture supports that. But it is the organization that has to live it and breathe it. And yeah. it is a constant struggle. And I will tell you, quite frankly, that during COVID, we saw a lot of backsliding there because we all had to go back to task orientation in order to survive. Yeah. And it is something I think that we are going to continue to struggle with as a field, but I do feel in many ways that aging services is a field in transition. Yeah, I mean, it's not just straight operations. It is It is your culture. It is your values. It is, you know, how, what you live and breathe. Um, and it's it can be amazing, um, but it's not always. No, it takes a commitment. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that our new buildings are going to be amazing, and much of that is thanks to you and your team. It, it really has been uh, an extraordinary pleasure to work with you on this project, and we very much appreciate it. And I know that you are as proud of the outcome as we are and are as anxious, maybe as anxious as we are, to see people actually in those spaces and using them. So thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thanks. Yeah, our whole team supports the Jewish home and we we love what you guys do here. We love you too, Carol. Thanks, Thank you. Rise, all of the children rise. Elders with wisdom rise. Ancestors surround us. Rise.